So I'm just going to come right out and say it. Andy Gronick totally whiffed a very important question on this podcast about his favorite Wisconsin beer. But he still has some Badger State cred when it comes to riding a Trek bike and doing business with Wisconsin cheese factories. But before we get to any of that, we need to talk about Gronick's campaign and what he would do if elected governor. And before we do that, we need to talk about what's happening in Wisconsin political news this week. I'm Jesse Opoyan, the Cap Times political reporter, and this is Wedge Issues, a podcast about the 2018 elections in Wisconsin. Stay tuned for my conversation with Democratic candidate for governor, Andy Gronick. Well, joining me once again this week is Cap Times tech and culture reporter and podcasting wizard, Eric Lawrenson. Thanks for coming back, Eric. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Um, I am great. So I think the first big story that we have to talk about is the gin blossoms were, in fact, in Madison last weekend. They were. The, the world's <laughs> largest brat fest in Madison, Wisconsin. You were there. I was. What were What was it like? Set the scene for us. It was so hot. It was 94 <laughs> degrees outside and there were grills with encased meats everywhere. And so many people were there to celebrate the 90s. It was awesome. Yeah, it sounds like such a surreal experience. Like that heat, like consuming so many encased meats. The only thing you can do, yeah. Blasting at you. The only thing you can do is drink a a lima rita, actually. (laughs) That's the only way that you can cool yourself down. Honestly, that sounds like a really fun time. (laughs) I'm kind of jealous I didn't go. It was pretty good. Um, cool, but okay. In I guess political news, which I guess I one think could that's argue what this is the focus is about. Is, of the of the show. Yeah. Um, there was a news story about a potential candidate in this year's gubernatorial race and a familiar face from gubernatorial elections of years past. So, what's up with Tom Barrett, Jesse? I first want to compliment you on saying gubernatorial twice and not stumbling because <laughs> I am having trouble with that today. But Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett, who ran for governor against Scott Walker twice in 2010 and in the 2012 recall, was rumored for a few weeks to be thinking about another run, wasn't received super well. He has decided, fairly unsurprisingly, not to do that. But he does sound like he wants to run for mayor of Milwaukee again. He says that's where his heart is. Gotcha. Is this a thing where his brand is just somewhat, I guess, tainted just because of his two losses already when facing Scott Walker? I think it's a little more of the feeling, you know, people people liked him. They liked voting for him. But it was this feeling of let's let someone new take a crack at it, I guess. Um, Another big story was about the retirement of Wisconsin's former chief justice of the Supreme Court. Shirley Abramson, who has served on the court for quite some time, right? How, how long has she been on there? Yes, uh, she was first put on the court in 1976. She is 84 years old. Um, she is the, the longest serving justice in the state and for some time up until 2015 was the chief justice. And her, her health has been failing a little bit in recent years. These terms are for 10 years at a time. She's 84 now. She'd be running again next year and seeking another 10 years if she did that. So she has decided not to run. A couple names already in the mix. Um, Brian Hagedorn is a more associated with conservative causes. He's thinking about getting in. He was thinking about it before she made this announcement. Someone who would be more associated with the left is uh, Lisa Neubauer, another judge who is thinking about getting in. And sounds like we'll hear from them in fairly short order what their plans are. So finally, um, last weekend was Broadfest. This weekend, 
state democratic convention. Equally exciting. Yes, exactly. Just another weekend, another another great <laughs> voyage <laughs> of, of discovery for, for Jesse Apoyan. Well, I'm excited because the Dem convention this year is in Oshkosh, which is where I lived and worked for about a year and a half before I came here to Madison. It was my first job out of college at the paper there, the Osh- Oshkosh Northwestern. So I'm looking forward to spending some time back okay. in the old stomping grounds. Nice. But yeah, that's, that's where I'll be. Uh, Friday, Saturday, long lineup of speakers Friday night, uh, even more on Saturday. They'll be going late into the night and um, the, the thing they, they don't do that the Republicans do is that endorsement process. So this will just be about hearing from candidates, hearing from elected officials, getting fired up for the elections. Great. I, I'm really looking forward to talking with you about uh, what happens. And we will do that next week. Yes, we will. Well, thanks again for having me in the studio. Thanks for coming back, Eric. Bye. Bye. So, Andy Gronick, why don't you start by telling me why you're running for governor? Well, you know, I looked at what was happening in our state, and there's so many things that I don't recognize from being a kid and literally growing up here and spending my life here. We have a governor that's attacked um, schools and teachers, health care, squeezing jobs, uh, environment. There's so many different things that uh, are causing families throughout the state of Wisconsin to, to suffer. And I felt like I had some ideas that might be able to move the state forward with real job creation and improving schools. So frankly, my journey started with just traveling the state. I spent 18 months. I spoke to over 700 people. And I listened to their ideas about things that would work in their areas and came up with some plans to create good-paying, family-sustaining jobs and get back to great public school education. I also spent some time and and created uh, events called Kitchen Table Conversations, where we invited people to come and sit down at a table, people who were living very different lives, to talk about the most divisive issues in the state, really to prove that we could have a constructive conversation around those issues and find ways to move forward. It was really after that experience and meeting all those people and seeing firsthand all of the suffering, frankly, that's going on in our state, uh, that I decided to throw in my hat and become a, a, a candidate for governor. And what was that like? I mean, you were relatively unknown outside of Milwaukee when you started that process. Did you just walk into these towns, say, hey, I'm Andy Gronick, I'm, I'm thinking about running for governor? I mean, how did those conversations start off and, and how receptive were people to this guy just coming in and having a chat with him? Well, actually, I was not relatively unknown. I was completely <laughs> unknown. So, um, yeah, I, had, I did not know a soul in politics on either side, uh, Democrat or Republican. And I didn't go to talk to these people as someone who was thinking about running for governor. I went to them as someone who really wanted to help the state and was interested in trying to get some input as to what things they believed would work. And so I threw out some ideas, did a lot of listening, and literally traveled the state. So it could be people who were living on the north side of Milwaukee, where I live, uh, people who have been struggling and suffering in poverty for generations. could be people who are milking cows or, or running power companies, uh, people who are running you know, cheese operations or making butter. All over the state of Wisconsin, people who own businesses, uh, workers, you name it, trying to find the kinds of solutions that would result in real regionalized jobs plans that would pay families a living wage so that we can move forward and create a 21st century economy in Wisconsin. 
You're coming into this as, as you mentioned, as a political outsider. What advantages do you have as someone without a political record to run on coming into this field? And why do you think uh, someone who doesn't have a record in politics is the right candidate uh, for the Democrats to elect? Well, I think it's a huge advantage. I come in as a problem solver, someone who's brought people together uh, my entire career. Uh, What I did was I worked with struggling companies, most of whom could not go to a bank and get a conventional bank loan. And they needed access to capital, which typically meant that they had to figure out ways to solve some problems. Well, we helped them do that. We valued their assets. These struggling companies like Harley-Davidson, for example, in my 20s, Harley was a company that was moving towards bankruptcy. I was the person between Harley and Citicorp that helped them get that loan. That kind of problem solving, for me, happened thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Uh, across my 35-year career. So I think it's a big advantage to come in as a non-politician. If you think about it, Scott Walker has done a pretty good job beating establishment politicians three times in a row. To be able to go toe-to-toe with Scott Walker and call BS on all of his open-for-business nonsense, I'm uniquely qualified to have that conversation, and I can't wait to have it. When you talk about going toe-to-toe, I was you know, looking over your campaign website a little bit before we sat down to talk mentions uh, not just going toe-to-toe, but maybe needing to take somebody somebody out using some old football skills. Is that right? Well, yeah, I do talk uh, on the trail about the fact that I am a former middle linebacker, and I do know how to take my opponents down. And so uh, that obviously is, you know, I'm not, I'm not proposing to tackle Scott Walker <laughs> <laughs> on the stage. We'll clear that up uh, but, right now. <laughs> uh, but I do come into this as a fighter, uh, as someone who's fought for my own family. Uh, you know, we bought a house back in 2009 that turned out to be contaminated with toxigenic mold and pathogenic bacteria. I stepped away from my business, and I took on a real battle that lasted more than five years. Uh, and was a battle that, that was essential because my kids, who were young when we went into that house, two and five, became very sick. And so did I. It shocked my Crohn's disease out of remission, and finding a way to put it back into remission uh, took some time and some effort. So I literally would not stand down until that fight was over. And I'm here to, to put the same kind of fight together for everybody in the state of Wisconsin. That, I mean, just looking at the, the stories that have been written about that, it was a challenging period in your life, in your family's life, and even in your professional life a little bit. What have you taken away from that, that legal battle and then the, the battle between you and your business partner after that? Well, I think a lot of people in life um, will say family first, but never perhaps in, in their instance, are they ever actually caused to determine whether or not that will happen. It did in my life. My son had a surgery uh, that he didn't need. He had a lot of difficulty breathing in the house. We slept with him at night because we were concerned that he would stop breathing. My daughter was twice in the emergency room uh, with bronchiolitis and constantly on an inhaler. Um, We had some big issues. And my Crohn's disease, which had been in remission for decades, it was shocked out of remission and the medications uh, that had kept it there were no longer effective. I mean, these were big challenges. So stepping away to make sure that my, I could find my kids the health care they needed, uh, and then ultimately for myself as well, and to take on a battle of uh, a homeowner and a, a very large brokerage firm and the largest uh, insurance company in the world, and my wife and I, this was about making sure that we held folks accountable. And we ha- actually had the privilege to be able to do it. Not only could I take on that kind of a fight, but I knew how to fight that kind of a fight. And during that journey, I, I, I obviously became aware of lots of families in similar circumstances that didn't have that same privilege, who lost their home or lost their livelihood, who also had issues with their health. 
So this is a fight that's much bigger than that. Uh, being able to step forward and recognize that there are families in the state of Wisconsin who are really suffering the failed policies of Scott Walker. So taking that fight and fighting just as hard for Wisconsin and Wisconsin families as I fought for my own family, it's a big reason that I'm here. A lot of times when I interview candidates, we talk about previous losses, which you don't have, you have that advantage, but could you maybe talk about a a professional obstacle that you overcame and, and what you took away from that? Well, there were always professional obstacles. You know, it's also re- widely reported that my dad fired me. I, sure. <laughs> I, I, I came back from uh, from Georgia, and I joined my dad when he had a very small uh, auction company. And I told him on that first day, I said, I don't want to take things apart for a, a living. What I want to do is put things together. So let's, let's create a, a, a firm, an appraisal and a consulting firm, that actually provides great information so people can uh, have the, what, exactly what they need to make great business decisions. So my dad, who had never <laughs> considered that as an option, uh, he certainly had some choice words right off the bat. Uh, <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't stop me. Mm-hmm. But uh, not only did he fire me, um, he fired me pretty much once a month. I mean, it was one of those family businesses where I had a completely different vision uh, for the company than he did. Um, and when I finally said, you know what, we, we, we look at the future of this business so differently, I'm going to offer to buy the company, which I did. And when I did... He fired me again, <laughs> and this time I actually took him up on it. So over the weekend, I started a new company. It was called AccuVal, and AccuVal provided the same kinds of appraisal and consulting services that we provided at the company that I founded for my dad, which was called the Grona Company Incorporated. And um, so you talk about challenges. Um, I started a business uh, on that very first day, that Monday. Uh, we had a job. Um, it was a major transaction that involved a uh, textile operation in the southeast, a uh, very large transaction for that day. It was going to be a syndicated transaction, and we had to make sure that we could bring forward the same kind of quality information so that people could feel comfortable that in helping this struggling company that it was well-founded and would go forward successfully, which is exactly what happened. So those kinds of business challenges occurred throughout my career. How does your own family now, you've got a wife and some children, how do they factor into your, your vision and your campaign for governor? Well, it, it factors in a lot because as someone with young kids, my daughter is 10, uh, my son just turned 14, I want them to have the same kind of future in the state of Wisconsin that I did. And so many parents, they don't want their kids to leave. I mean, think about what's happening throughout the state of Wisconsin. We have an aging population and young people are leaving. I don't want them to go. I want them to be able to build a life right here in Wisconsin, to have the same uh, benefits and ability to enjoy all that Wisconsin has to offer, but do it close to home. So that's why I have plans to try to bring young people back to the state, because if we don't change that trend, we've got a big problem. So I've said, listen, let's, let's let young people know that they're important to the future of Wisconsin. Let's go to young graduates and say, come back to the state of Wisconsin, live here, work here for a minimum of six months, and instead of paying the state of Wisconsin income tax, we'll allow you to apply that very same amount to paying down your student debt for each and every year that you're employed and living full-time in Wisconsin until your debt's fully paid off. Now that's a real idea that tells young people that they're important, but also gives every business in the state of Wisconsin a recruiting and a retention tool. Well, let's get into some more specifics. If you are elected governor, name just a handful of absolute top priority policy changes that that you would look at. Sure. Well, my priorities are really around the things that will make living in Wisconsin better for everyone. It starts with making sure that we have an economic policy that creates good-paying, family-sustaining jobs. 
It also is all around education, making sure we get back to great public education and funding our public universities so they have an opportunity to thrive again. And then thirdly, making sure that everyone in the state of Wisconsin has access to affordable health care because there shouldn't be two groups of people. One that if they get sick, they just go to the doctor and get better, and another that worries about losing their life or their life savings. So those really are the three legs of the stool. And there are very detailed plans on my website at www.andygronick.com that actually drill down, not in political platitudes, provide a very layered, optimistic uh, look at, at things that we can do to build on our strengths to be able to execute real plans that will make each one of those things happen. Is there anything, um, looking back on the last uh, two terms that the Governor Walker's been in office, anything he's done that you think he's done particularly well? Well, I think he started at some things, kind of nibbled around the edges. I mean, there are, there are situations where, I mean, I think he's tried things, but there's a difference between trying something and actually doing it well. So I don't want to sit here as someone who's just being generally critical. Um, I think that uh, the biggest issue with Governor Walker is that most of his decisions seem to be predicated upon who's been giving him political donations. I'm not here to say that everything he's done over the course of last year or last eight years um, has been horrible. It just hasn't worked. We need a Wisconsin that works for everyone, and that's going to result in a Wisconsin that works. care about this state deeply and these issues are going to be with me for a long time. Us talking about a five-year plan is not helping me. It may be fine for you, but it's not helping me. Now, whether they're from the community, I don't care. Whether they're from space, I don't care. As long as they can provide the best visual experience for Madison. Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. These are Cap Times Talks, smart conversations about big topics in Madison. Look for Cap Times Talks on iTunes or anywhere else you find podcasts. So at this point in the podcast, we usually try to lighten things up a little bit and go into a lightning round. So are you ready for that one? I'm ready. Okay. Favorite Wisconsin beer? Favorite Wisconsin beer? Um, I'm going to have to go with, uh, I think, Blue Moon. Blue Moon is a Wisconsin beer. No, it's not a Wisconsin beer. Oh, no. <laughs> um, it is a solid beer. The cow one. Spotted cow. Spotted cow. That's Got it. a solid answer. Yep. That's, that's, that's the one that, you know, people will come in droves to this state right. for. They, right. You can't get it anywhere else. Um, what is the best advice either your parents or, or someone else who was important to you gave you when you were growing up? I would say um, a friend of mine gave me a poem uh, that talked about the impossible. And I'm not going to be able to remember the specific verse. Um, but the, the net net on the poem itself was that the impossible is not impossible. It just takes a little longer to get it done. Uh, so I have routinely taken on things that people have considered to be impossible. And I've done it by simply moving forward uh, in, in a positive, enthusiastic way uh, to learn from everybody around me uh, and to be dogged in the pursuit of, of making it happen. Uh, so I would say that uh, uh, that was a great verse. That's nice. That's a nice sentiment. Um, what would be your, your dream vacation, or what is your favorite vacation that you have taken? 
Well, right now I would say my dream vacation today uh, would be just to be able to spend a little bit more time with my family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because while I live in Milwaukee or so, I tell my I tell my family running for governor is very much of a statewide job, mm-hmm. and I spend a lot, a lot of time uh, on the road uh, having great conversations with people all over the state. And again, some of those people agree with me, some not, but every conversation is wonderful. I would say the best vacation I ever had is my wife and I had the opportunity to. Uh, to fly to, to Ireland. Uh, we, uh, we put our bikes together at the Shannon Airport uh, with no plan as to where we were going to ride. Wow. Uh, and we just uh, set off and had a wonderful vacation riding through some amazing places uh, in Ireland. So I would say that's probably my best vacation. That sounds great. Do you do a lot of biking? I do. Not lately, but I do. Yeah. I've, I've been an enthusiast uh, my entire life. In fact, um, after I graduated from college, I bought at that time, what was a very expensive bike, uh, when bikes cost about fifty dollars, from a from a startup company, a little company called Trek. Huh. Yeah. Um, and I I've heard of them. <laughs> and my friends all thought I was crazy, and yeah. I said, "But it's handmade and it's wonderful." And I rode that bike for uh, literally thousands of miles. I still have it. Wow. And I, I just uh, I just restored it, and it's in my it's in my office. I I love that bike. <laughs> That's great. What is uh, your favorite concert that you've attended? Well, I'm a huge Hall & Oates fan. Ah. Um, so, and I've, I've also liked them since college. Yeah. Um, they, uh, their music is wonderful. Um, and I had a chance at a, uh, a business event that I was at. Uh, unbeknownst to me, they were playing. Ooh. And so I was able to, uh, to meet them and then uh, be kind of uh, stage side and not on the stage uh-huh. but in front and enjoy my my favorite group so that's probably my number one concert that's pretty good that's a good experience um i know you don't have a history in politics but do you have a political role model or role models well i i gotta tell you i love president obama i really do and i'll tell you why uh when president obama was elected um we were falling off all kinds of cliffs uh economic cliffs we had issues that were really, I think, not as transparent to a lot of people in terms of how close to that edge we were, but they were very transparent to me. Again, I worked with trouble companies, and I worked with lenders that provided the kinds of resources they needed to go forward and execute their plans. Um, the, uh, the fact that he was able to make some informed but very quick decisions about how to both stimulate the economy and to uh, to help to uh, GM uh, in their just to, to prop up that company rather than to allow it go bankrupt uh, was huge, and it, it was it was amazing at the time because I know a lot of Republicans were very much against it, um, and that was frankly surprising to me because to let GM go bankrupt would not only have affected GM but all of the tier one, two, and three suppliers in the U.S. and around the world many of those companies would have gone under as well. So the strategy that was deployed was a great strategy. You could argue or debate whether or not every single aspect of it was just right. But the fact of the matter is these were decisions that needed to be made. They needed to be made now. And his ability to work through an incredibly challenging situation and make decisions that have allowed our economy to to come back and to be strong today, uh, I give him a lot of credit. Do you have any pet peeves? Pet peeves. Um, Well, you know, I don't like it when people 
talk about other people behind their back. Yeah, that's I, not cool. I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. for me, uh, I would like to invite anyone who is has something to say about somebody to engage in a real conversation with that individual uh, and try to bring it to a, a constructive conclusion. Um, so interestingly, here we are in politics, mm-hmm. and you know what? That happens a lot. Uh, but it doesn't happen with me, and it doesn't happen with my campaign. Um, if there's something that I feel like needs to be said, um, you, as you've seen from following my campaign and following my social media, I have no problem smacking Governor Walker over the head when he deserves it. And it turns out he deserves it a lot. But we don't just do that in our campaign. Uh, what we do is we present an alternative, uh, an optimistic alternative to, while I don't think the economy is doing quite well under him, I think we have some real ideas that do build on Wisconsin's strengths, that will create jobs statewide, jobs in science, uh, in technology, in, in manufacturing, and agriculture, uh, and, and allow Wisconsin to really become a world leader. So, um, yep, I do have that pet peeve. So we'll <laughs> see how that works out in politics. All right. Yeah, that, that might be a rough spot to be in. Okay, so you like to bike. Do you have a favorite trail or a part of the state that you like to, to, to ride in? Well, you know, we have an incredibly beautiful state, and, and I really have put the bike on a rack and biked uh, throughout the state of Wisconsin. So um, to pick a favorite is really hard to do. Um, the last uh, big ride, we, we basically rode um, all of Door County, kind of mm. that big loop, yeah. which was a beautiful, beautiful ride. And um, there's always fun places to stop. But you know what? Uh, whether it's riding or canoeing, I actually grew up uh, and had the good fortune to be able to go to a YMCA camp, Camp Manitowish, up in Boulder Junction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went there for several years and canoed uh, so many of the lakes in northern Wisconsin, but also a substantial uh, portion of the Wisconsin River. So I've really uh, enjoyed so much of what Wisconsin has to offer as someone who just loves the outdoors myself. Great. So this is um, one of my favorite questions so far, because I think I learn a lot about people. Do you have uh, a Wisconsin bucket list? Or that is, is there something stereotypically Wisconsin that you have not done that you would like to try? That is a good question. Um, you know, I really have gotten out there and, and tried to take advantage of so much of what Wisconsin has to offer. You know, our state parks are phenomenal. Um, We've already talked about the fact that I'm a biker, but I also competed in a number of different triathlons. And when I, when I say that, I just want to make sure that all of your listeners understand you could time me with a sundial. Okay, so this was, <laughs> these were this was not about coming across the finish line first. Okay, this was about trying to figure out how to get across the finish line. Yeah. Uh, but in doing that, uh, again, I had the opportunity to to travel the state and to meet tons of people who were competing in things that were really uh, really healthy and fun, mm-hmm. uh, and to experience a lot of terrain firsthand as I tried to figure out how to climb, <laughs> run the hill, or <laughs> climb the hill, or whatever it had to be. So, yeah. um, I. That's another reason I'm here. I mean, so much about our state and its natural beauty. Um, We have the privilege of just looking out the window everywhere we go every day. The topography throughout the state is all very different. Uh, And I cannot tell you how many times we just want to stop and take pictures, but we have to be someplace. (laughs) Um, It's an amazing state. That's why we have to also find ways to be able to grow our economy, but also to respect our environment, uh, because 
when you find that balance, that's when you find the real magic to making sure that people have the life that they, they should have in our state, but that we're also doing it without uh, polluting our waters or, or air, you name it. Both of those can happen, and that's, that's where we're going to go when I'm governor. I got to say, I get exhausted. I've, I've cheered people on at triathlons. I get exhausted just watching. I can't, I can't imagine actually doing There's it. There's a lot to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready for your last light, lightning round question? Favorite Wisconsin cheese? Oh, gee. Um, I love all cheddars. Um, yeah. I'm a, I'm a cheddar guy, So, and there are so many good cheeses. Um, and that's the thing, too, is as you, as you venture through Wisconsin, uh, if you're not taking the main roads, if you're taking the back roads, yeah. it's a pretty good chance you're going to bump into a cheese plant. Um, so not only do I, I love cheese, um, but I've had the chance to be through so many cheese operations. As someone who was an appraiser and a consultant, uh, we worked with manufacturing companies, including <laughs> cheese companies, and some very well-known cheese companies uh, in our state. So um, usually when you're done with those jobs, They'll send you home with some samples, <laughs> and you're pretty good with cheese for, for quite some time. I believe it. That's a pretty good perk. Right. Yeah. It is. Good. Well, thank you for coming in here. I'll let you leave us with any parting words you may have. Well, this is just a privilege. I mean, frankly, the opportunity to sit and talk about ideas to, to move forward uh, with the state of Wisconsin is a, is a real privilege. Um, I love uh, <laughs> the opportunity to meet people everywhere I go. And I know Wisconsin needs uh, a bright future. Um, so I'm here to make that happen. And, and I hope your listeners uh, appreciate where I'm coming from. And I would love their support. So go to www.andygronick.com. Uh, if, you, if you will, please support us with your donations as a volunteer. But just as important, tell all your friends that you just listened to a podcast of the guy that's going to beat Scott Walker and get Wisconsin back on track. Thanks for listening to Wedge Issues. Our theme music is Oh, Wisconsin by Loxley. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And if you like it, you can give us a rating or a review. That'll help us out. And please reach out if you have any ideas or feedback on the show. I'm on Twitter at jessieopie, J-E-S-S-I-E-O-P-I-E. Or you can email me at J-O-P-O-I-E-N at madison.com. We're coming out with new episodes of the show every week. And I know we kind of lied to you again and told you you were going to hear from Paul Soglin this week. I promise next week you won't hear from Paul Soglin. You will hear about the Democratic Convention. And then after that, you'll hear from Paul Soglin. So please keep coming back and we'll keep giving you new episodes. Yeah.